Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's going on, Team Building Podcast Nation? Super excited for another great episode. We have Dan Beer with us today that did over 200 million in volume in 2018. I'm going to bring him on and let him brag about himself. Before, before getting into that, I'd like to request anyone and everyone that has found value in the Team Building Podcast, please go out to iTunes. We are trying to get over 1,000 reviews. We just hit 101 about a month ago. So we need to get uh-huh. another 900 um, and would love your help. So if you find value in this podcast, give Dan a shout out, go out to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and a little shout out to the person that's been most influential that we've interviewed that's helped you build your business. Dan Beer, welcome to the podcast today. What's going on, man? Good to be here with you. Dan and I have known each other for a few years, have a lot of friends um, in the business, uh, a lot of top performers, and we were talking a little bit before we jumped on about what area Dan's superpowers lie in and how we could bring the most value to the audience. So today, we're going to talk about how to get out of the funk of being at 10 million in volume or 50 units a year or 25 million volume, whatever the place is that you're at. But before doing that, Dan, why don't you kind of paint a picture of how long you've been in the business, the growth your team's experienced. I know you guys have already had a phenomenal year this year as well. And feel free to share with our listeners all of your successes. Yeah. So uh, first off, just fun doing this with you because I've been having a great time watching you and learning so much from all of what you've been able to accomplish, man. So it's been really cool to watch. Um, I've been, I think I hit my 15th year in business, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this coming June. Um, obviously the whole journey, right. From individual agent, just trying to figure it out. Well, even those early years, just forget figuring out how to be an individual agent. Those early years, just figuring out what, what the heck industry I'm even in and what business I just got myself into. So all through that, through, um, of course, trying to build my team once, um, once, once I started to feel the need to do so, but failing at it and breaking the thing down and starting over and, just going through, man, unbelievable amounts of, of time and expense and travel and learning and coaching, et cetera, to just finally get to the point where we got the formula right, um, starting in about late 2013, early 14. Now, let me say, getting the formula right, that doesn't mean that we are doing everything right or that we haven't changed since then, that we haven't had to break the thing down and start over. For today, we have what I would call a fully leveraged team, meaning that we have all the key positions in place that allow me the freedom to really act in the role that I'm most passionate about, which is the role of just truly being the visionary for the team. My role is to really get out there, get out there with people like yourself, get out there with other industry leaders around the country, find information, seek what could could be improved in our business, develop ideas, and then bring them to my operations team and say, all right. Here's what I have. Here's what I found. Here's Love where it. we want to go. And, and just let them run with it. True right? visionary. So, you know, you, you look at the book Rocket Fuel. You've got your visionary. You have your implementer. Your yeah. CEO needs to be a visionary. Gary Keller talks seventh level. You've been able to exit the business for the most part. How many listings did you personally go on in 2019? Well, um, very quick on the whole seventh level thing. 
you know, I, I don't know if I'm seventh level or not. As if you're watching this on YouTube, you could see that I'm actually at my office right now. So I'm engaged in the business, though I can also leave for a month and take my family to New York or to Mexico, like we've done in different yep. years. Um, or I just came back from two weeks of, of travel only to find that we sold a home every day and listed a home almost every day that I was away. Sure. So, you know, the, the seventh level thing, I don't know exactly where that is. That's like, you know, more of like a board of director seat, but, um, you asked me a question that I have not answered. You're fine to me, seventh level and the CEO model is where you could choose to work five hours a week in your business and or choose to go to South Africa for four weeks, which my family did last summer, and your business would still be able to operate without you. I think you're definitely at that it level. definitely does that, yeah. Yep. So share with us, what, what are your numbers now? What were they last year in units and volume, just to give us an idea of the type of team you're running? We sold 303 homes last year in San Diego, which is the second highest number ever achieved in our county, only losing by two sides. Ah, you should have bought some um, houses. In the same year. Two more houses. Kyle Whistle is a good friend. Yeah, Kyle um, is awesome. But the only other time that that's been achieved in San Diego um, County history has been in the REO days, right? So ignoring yeah, REO and short sale, that's the most resale that the county's ever seen. Um, we did $215 million in production, which was number one in San Diego, uh, number two in the county. And we're just proud of it, man. It's really a fun that's thing to great. do. And, and we just... It, it obviously starts with people, which people, you know, getting to the topic that we're going to dive into. Yep. The people side of this business is really all it is about once you get to about that $20 million mark. And there's so many people stuck. There's so many um, entrepreneurs, builders, um, agents trying to really get to the stage that we're talking about that are just stuck because they think it's about more transactions. They think it's about more leads. They think it's about all that stuff. And don't get me wrong. Of course, we're going to we want more transactions last next year. We want yep. more transactions the year after. But we understand that it's really a byproduct of the people that we're going to bring in and the way we structure them, the way we empower them, the way we give them ownership over their job, the quality of those human beings, and the organizational structure, right? And how much clarity there is within that organization. So yep. those are the things I spend a lot of time helping agents through. Yep. And it's, it's hard though, man. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's hard, you know, and a lot of this, a lot of these, whether it's these podcasts or books or trainings or whatever, people talking from stage, make it sound very easy, but it's, it's only for yeah. the, it's only for the committed. Yep. So let's do this. So I don't, if you're watching and you can see behind me, I have my bookshelf, got some family pictures. There's probably over a hundred books on real estate. I've probably listened to over a thousand podcasts. I've visited over a hundred brick and mortar offices like Dan's um, all across the country, across brokerage brands and different markets, different cities to learn what's the special recipe then launched organically, didn't intend to do this elite real estate systems because we found exactly what Dan is saying is accurate. And that is that people think there's all these myths as to why someone's successful. So people have all these unrealistic expectations as, as to what it takes to build a dominant business in any regard, in any facet, not just in residential real estate. So let's first find that. I've never done this on a podcast before. What are like some of the maybe top five myths that you've seen? We'll just go back and forth. And I'll start off with agent count. We are in, obviously brokers constantly are talking about how important agent count is. It's all about how many seats do you have in your office? Because obviously there's analytics around if you have X amount of agents, you'll get Y amount of revenue. Um, so I think that's the first myth is people think to be as successful as you or I, 
they're going to have to have 50 agents and they don't want to have to have 50 agents. And so then they just give up and do the rock star model where they have to go sell the rest of their lives. Right. I, I agree with that 100%. And, and you know, just speaking to that, you have to understand that, look, unless, unless you're really special, like most of us, I didn't know it would look like this five, six, seven years ago. I, I didn't know, right? I, I didn't realize. Same. It, it, but when you're layering in, when you're, when, you're, when you're stacking the right layers on your business, when you're adding the right people, when you're adding like gr- people that demand growth, your business ends up having no choice but to stretch and grow, or you're going to lose those great people. Um, but also just your entire perception of what is big or what's too many. Like, like, you know, I used to think 10 agents would be so many. Now it just feels like nothing. But well, you said, you, um, if you're okay with me sharing with the audience, yeah. Dan's at eXp doing really well. I think you have over a thousand agents now. My eXp organization. Yeah. In our group. And we, we treat it like a coaching platform or where it's just, how can we help people grow their business? And that's actually what's made it attractive for them. Listen to that guys. Let me pause here. We just treat it like a coaching organization where we teach people how to build their business, which is what every real estate company, every real estate team should be focused on. First and foremost, you should be a coaching organization that teaches people how to do the very thing we say we're doing, which is selling real estate, servicing clients. Yeah. I think that's, that's well, let's get off the exp thing but just as a quick side note that's the number one mistake that i can't stand is when people are just running around talking about the ancillary stuff that comes with it it's all great but you have to understand that the only way that if you want a lot of that then let's just help people be productive and grow the real estate business right so that's that's our special sauce um but it's much like this okay so you just made me think about my my house payment my mortgage payment Mm -hmm. when i got my first home I was scared to death of the price. I mean, it, it scared me. How much was it? It was 500 and uh, the heck did I pay? I think I paid about $580,000 for it, which in that's San Diego, it, I mean, that's just- you Your $4,000 a month payment. So it, it, was, it was scary. Sure enough, within a year, within two years, it was the most comfortable payment in the world. If I could have signed up to keep that payment for the rest of my life, I would have loved it. Right. Fast forward to I buy a new home, my wife is very good at stretching me into like that next level, a little beyond where I want to be. Good for her. And again, I'm scared to death. All of a sudden, fast forward two, three years from there, and I, I would sign up to have this payment for the rest of my life. It's the most comfortable payment in the world. So right. or it's the same way when you're growing a real estate team. Don't think about 50 people. Think about four people. Think yep. about and five. Don't, think about six. Don't think about 10 years from now. Think yeah. about a year yeah. from now. Too often it, we think, exactly. where are we going to be in 20 years? Quit looking at that. And also, don't compare yourself to Matt, to Dan Beer or to Jeff Cohn and say, go into it saying, I want to build that. Build something. Don't, don't set your sights so far ahead that you trip up and you can't do anything. And that's what that's I think exactly happens. It. It's the deer in a headlight response. All right. Myth number one, you have to have hundreds of agents to be successful. You don't. Myth number two. I'm going to give you myth number two. Myth number two, and this is, God, man, this is just a... It's, it's kind of hilarious when you really think about it. Um, how many agents are trying to grow these empires, right? That's what they like to call them. And they're doing it on the back of like a $30,000 or like part-time employee or like a person at minimum wage. And they're like, oh, my admin won't grow. My admin's not doing enough. Mm. You know, I'm like, well, hold on a second. Let's talk about your admin here. First of all, just the fact you're calling it the person an admin already tells me you're confused about who you're supposed to have. If you're already doing, say, 
keep in mind, I'm talking to the person that's doing like 15, 20 million dollars a year already in production. You're talking about pushing on five hundred thousand dollars of GCI. The rainmaker is typically the the number one producer, right? So like you you have cash, and you're trying to literally you're telling me about how you want to grow a million dollar, two million dollar business. And you're doing it alongside one person that's making like 36 a year. Mm. How on earth is that going to happen or work? Here, it, here it, we it, go, Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn. big business where that happens. Ever. Jim Rohn's quote, your level of success will never exceed your level and the level of your people's personal development. So you're bringing on people that aren't wanting to grow and you're expecting your business is going to grow. I, I, you know, maybe there's someone that got lucky and hired that person and they just grew into this amazing, you know, swan and they didn't know who they were when they were high. That's, yep. Yep. man, I'm not going to bet on that. So Love it. myth number two is agents trying to grow a big business alongside a minimum wage worker or like or a, a virtual, a virtual worker that, in the Philippines. Yeah, yep, exactly. agreed. All right, here we go. Myth number three. The only reason they're so successful is because they have the A account, B account, C account. They have the Zillow account. They're the Dave Ramsey Elp. They, their spouse works at the med center and has access to all the reload. There's this idea that these teams become so successful because of this one thing. And what I have found with teams that perform at the highest level, they're usually pretty okay at everything. They're not just focused on one thing, as the one thing might say. I think the smart teams create leverage and diversification when it comes to where they get their leads. And so we've always taught with elite real estate systems that when a new agent joins, you should have them focus a third of their efforts on internet, a third of their efforts on outbound prospecting cold leads, and a third of their effort on their sphere, and then allow the analytics to teach you within 12 months where that person is best served putting their time hmm. so they can make the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of energy. But I do think there's a big myth that people will say, well, I'm not going to build a team because I'm not the Zillow person, or I can't get into rate with Matt Wagner because there's already someone in my market that's doing that. And they, they create these lies to justify not growing. Yeah. And by the way, it's funny you say that because I was that person, right? Like I didn't get into rate because of with, with the whole thing. And there's already somebody in San Diego doing it. Um, and here's the deal, right? Without naming names that somebody used to be four times my size and I'm four times their size. So I still went into radio. I still did everything I wanted to do. There were other ways to do it. So yeah, I think um, you and I have never met anyone that truly wanted something that let something like that get in the way. Thank you. Yep. But, but don't you agree, Dan, and I, this might be another myth, but don't you agree that people look for reasons not to build the team because if they try to do it then and they fail, then they failed and they'd rather just stay in the lane doing the 20 million, making 150 grand net a year. They say, oh, it'd be great to build a team, but they really don't want to take the risk because they don't want to lose. Yeah, it's, you can't even blame people for even thinking that way to some degree. I mean, it, it is a ton of responsibility. There's people's lives that are fully on the hook here in my building. Yep right that have entrusted their families their mortgage payments their food their dinner like everything their schooling for their children to what we're doing it's scary so that isn't for everybody i mean that's the that's the fact you and i talked this morning about or before we got on we talked about how what you do is actually not for everybody it's just not and that's okay um myth four myth four is you put me on the spot here i didn't know we were gonna do this 
The myth four. This is, honestly, just so everyone listening knows, we just did this like organically. Didn't even know this is what we were going to talk about today. So this has been fun. Myth four is going to be related to myth one. You talked about agent count, but let's actually, you know, you're t- we're, myth one was had to do with like that fear of, oh my God, I need all these agents. Myth, two, myth four is actually people that want the agents, but they're, they're starting to grow. Look, I remember being there. I remember being there where I was like, oh man, I'm getting leads all of a sudden. Oh crap, I'm getting too many leads. I, I have more business than I can handle. I'm starting to let it all split. Okay. And the default thought, which is not the right one, is okay, I need to come hire, I need to go hire five, six, seven agents, or I need to go hire three agents. Mm-hmm. Guys, you put yourself in those people's shoes. If you were to go to work somewhere where there is literally no business platform, no operations platform, no support, no you know, no administration, no technology, no all you got is leads, you're going to be able to attract people. But those are the teams that you see consistently turning over and losing people, losing people, losing people, and they just never get anywhere. Those are the ones that look like, like they're on a hamster wheel, just mm-hmm. running fast, going nowhere. Because if you're really building a business, a business that's going to let you take off to South Africa for four weeks, right? Then you first need to bring on the administration, the operations team. Some, you need to build out the you way of managing a listing, the you way of managing a transaction. Um, you need to build out the way that you're going to deal with your database, your after markets, your after sales system, your, all, mm-hmm. the actual business platform. When you add agents to that, now they have real value beyond just whatever split you gave them and whatever leads you handed them. Because this is a cliche that I've definitely not made up here. Um, so I don't take credit for it, but there's obviously a better split elsewhere always and generating leads there. That's, you know, they could just take their credit card out someday when they finally decide and boom, they've got leads. Right. So the right order of things is in my view, operations, staff, a business platform, and then you go and get those agents to Love work it. there. Yep. Before I get into myth five, if you want to learn more about building this foundation that Dan and I have both built, go out to jeffsbusinessplan.com. You can get my step-by-step process of building that foundation and then being able to launch a dominant team in your marketplace. Dan, not sure how, but you ended up muting yourself. I tried unmuting you and it wouldn't let me. So Dan's muted here for one second. I will invite any and all listening to come check out our Um, first workshop of next decade. It's going to be the last Monday, Tuesday in January. Dan, you get a free seat if you want to come check it out. Um, The first day is all about team building. The second day is all about building an investment team. Um, I'll bring all my direct reports in. I'll I'll bring my entire staff in. You'll get to hear every person speak. You'll get to see me hold my agents accountable in a with a 30-people agent accountability meeting that we host every Monday. It's a pretty awesome event. So go check that out. Go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com to learn more about that event. All right, myth number five. Once I've built my team, I'm going to be able to do nothing. And everybody that I have essentially brought in because I'm so amazing is going to build it all for me. And I am going to spend all my time in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really think people see guys like you and I and a lot of the other successful people we've mentioned on this podcast and assume that we don't work. I have people say that to me all the time. Like, oh, well, Jeff's just off doing whatever. 
I would believe I probably work more than most. My mind, if anything, is always working. Nighttime, when I have free time, I spend it thinking about reprocessing the day, thinking about tomorrow, thinking about the conversations I had and the conversations I need to have. So even if I'm not sitting at a desk, which that's the worst probably time for me to be spending my work, um, I'm always working in my mind and that's where I get the greatest satisfaction. So what I would say to myth number five is, it is your responsibility um, as a leader to continually serve your followers. And I think the best way to serve your followers is to give them the ability to be just like you. And so from an entrepreneurial standpoint, not everyone is born with the ability to own 10 businesses or 100 businesses or do all the things even that you and I have done, Dan. But I think it's our job, and I think you'll agree with me, to give each person an admin or a new agent, existing agent, a seasoned agent, no matter who the person is in our world, give them an environment that can allow them to be the best version of themselves. And always know it's your responsibility as their leader and their visionary to continue to help them be the best version of themselves. And as we talked about earlier, who you are today versus who you are in 12 months from now is gonna be completely different. And so you have to continue leveling up yourself as a leader so that you can continue giving value to those below you, those within your organization that are leveling up themselves. Uh, I love that, man. It's um, this conversation, which is tied to that, excuse me, that seventh level conversation we got into for a minute is it, it's so true because I think one of the things I see people make the mistake of, and I don't know if I'm already kind of fast forwarding here to myth number six, which we weren't even supposed to get to, but <laughs> I see a lot of, um, one of the biggest mistakes I see, and I don't look, I don't know how aligned this is with what you teach or don't. So just tell me a different viewpoint, yeah. but people, you know, when, when people start talking about getting out of production earlier, you asked me how many listing appointments have I been on? So now I remember the question I never answered. So I'm out of production, but that doesn't mean that a couple of weeks ago, I didn't go on a listing appointment with one of my agents because that was a piece of business that either a was you know first of all if i ever do go to something it's going to be within like three minutes of my office which is also three minutes of my house i'm always going to go with one of our agents and i'm going to pay the agent as if i was not even there mm -hmm. so my pnl i'm out of production and my pnl like there's right. no me you know like enhancing the numbers because I'm the one selling anything. I don't sell anything at all without one of my agents and they're paid as if I was not there. Let me but pause that mindset real quick. If yeah. you do want to go sell and you're listening to this and you need to, to supplement your income as you build your team, that's okay. Just yes. make sure on your PL you treat yourself as an agent on your team. Don't make the revenue that you're making when you're selling business revenue. It's not business revenue. It's agent on the yeah. team revenue and be sure to delineate that. Right. And in my case, I actually do not take a dime. Like they get paid identically to as if I wasn't there. I don't want to reward right. myself for going on an appointment. But when we talk about production and getting out of it, you see people that are like, okay, I'm out of production. Boom, I'm out. And then their business just falls apart. So well, and I, I'll admit, Dan, yeah. I personally did that in 2014 and I did it with a huge ego for 12 months. And I put my head up high and said, I don't sell. I don't work with buyers. I don't work with sellers. I'm done. Well, what do you think happened in my huge sphere? They were done with me. I was bragging to the world. I'm no longer selling. It was a huge mistake because I should have just not sold. I should have done the thing I said I was doing, but acted as though, hey, I still not acted. I have a team 
we'd love to service you. Yes, I'd still work with you and then turn it off to somebody else. But I wanted the world to know I was too good for that. I was beyond that. And to yeah, your very point, we're not too good for that ever. For me, it was a very slow process. You know, the buyer side, I did say, okay, I am done as of today. Having said that, I didn't announce that on Facebook. And if somebody from my sphere, exactly. like we're in different markets, so you also have to, it's a dollar per hour thing, right? So maybe if I'm in a $200,000 market, I might've done it differently. In my market, when someone from my sphere calls and they want to do a million five purchase, you, you know, I, I know who is this person? Is this just an easy phone intro? Is this right. like, I'm going to show up to meeting number one and then introduce them to my partner and then right. slip and then kind of back out. So you just have to do that intelligently and feel out how well is this going? Yep. Look, I'm still not at the place in my life where my dollar per hour is like, I can't go to something for one hour that's going to earn 18 grand. You're talking the 1.5 million range. That's like a $10,000 an hour activity if you can turn it over to someone else. And that's what I tell people too. If I can get to a thousand an hour, it's worth my time. So I go on listing presentations probably once a month. Yeah, exactly. That's about what I do. And there's always a very special reason why it's on, it's yep. in La Jolla and it's, you know, 3 million bucks or it's from this very special person that doesn't just represent this one account, but rather there's somebody that's been an incredible referral sure. partner and maybe well, I show up and just make an introduction yep. or I sit in on the meeting and just assure them of how yep. wonderful Brian or Sean is or yep. whatever. And let, let me but, make mention on, on my myth yeah. five and we got to get to myth six and wrap, but on my myth five, where I said, you think you're just going to be out of it. I would say the more responsibility, what did I say? Mo money, mo problems. The more responsibility you take on, do not uh, be scared or fearful of going into the role of getting your hands dirty, doing something that maybe others would think is beneath you. I literally, if I see garbage on the ground, I'm picking it up. Um, if I see my sign runner struggling, I'll go with him one time and say, hey, here's some recommendations how to make this a better process. And to go on that list, Prez, how many times have you done it and you've gone through your formal listing presentation and said, oh, we need to update that slide. I didn't realize it still was saying, whatever yeah, it's saying. Yeah. And, it, and it gives you kind of like that undercover boss access to what's really going on in your team. And I'd, I'd almost submit every good CEO should be involved in every aspect of the business, probably quarterly, where you actually see physically what everybody's doing just to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, I love that. So I guess what the, the message I'm trying to pass on is, is it, this isn't like an overnight thing. I think sometimes people think it's going to be. Um, on the listing side, that was a six month process of literally riding in the car with the person I handed it off to for six months. And we'd come out of the listing appointment and it was, all right, what did you see? When did you know we got it? When did you know we lost it? What was the mm -hmm. thing they said that made you know we could close? Well, you know, I, yep. I just grow them right it. there. Yep. And so I'm glad we're having this conversation because I do think that sometimes people get overwhelmed by this idea of, oh my God, I've got to flip a switch overnight. And, and you, you and I, it sounds like are kind of the same and that we're still highly engaged in the business. Yes, we can take off if we want. But by the way, if I take off forever, I'm not coming back to the same business. Like it will change, yep. right? Like yep. Gary Keller, he's still in the business to some degree. He's I, I met with him. I was with Gary last week in Austin. He's, yeah. He was at his office. He was in his, at his desk. Exactly. So don't overplay that whole thing about out of being out of production. Yep. And when people, level. Dan, when people come out to the workshop in Omaha, we host every other month, I always start off the workshop by saying nothing you see today is going to be groundbreaking. There's no special silver bullet that's going to make you successful. It's actually very simple. It's about doing simple things consistently over long periods of time. And what I would also tell and submit to the audience that listens now and the one that comes to my workshop is that they're not going to take exactly what I did and copy and paste it or what you did and copy and paste it in their marketplace. 
they're going to learn patterns. And we talked earlier about the foundation and we need to have you back on. And we'll talk about that foundation of having the right human capital to help execute and grow and scale a business. But I think that pe- there's a big miss that people think they have to be just like Dan or just like Jeff or just like Tim Heil or whoever it is to be successful. And the truth is you need to capture all these patterns and choose which patterns make the most sense for your business while doing something that you can be passionate about, that brings you satisfaction and obviously profit. There you go. Myth six, let's wrap this thing. Sounds like you got something. No, that was it. That was it. I gave it to you already. So that was a bonus myth. Where am I supposed to be five? All right, so the six myths that people, um, are limitations, I, I would say, for people that are wanting to build and scale a dominant business in their marketplace. Uh, thank you, Dan, that was an awesome podcast. We have never done that before, and so often, um, I think we have a hard time stepping back and putting ourselves in the Dan and Jeff shoes from 10 or 15 years ago, and I know there's a lot of people in that exact spot right now in their business that are getting a lot of value from this, this episode. So thank you so much for coming on. What's the best way for someone to reach out if they wanted more information about EXP? I don't think you're doing coaching, but if you are, if they want to refer something to you or if there's an agent in your marketplace that wants to join your team. I do coaching. And and as you know, I was doing a lot of it at one point. Now I just do it differently. My model is just my EXP organization. Mm -hmm. It's a coaching organization. That's all we do. We have tons of huge producers from around the country that all we do is just help agents get from 20 deals to 50, from 50 to 100, which, by the way, is also what makes them more attractive, right? So it's, it's, um, that's our focus. It's been an extremely successful focus. It's, uh, and it's, it's the one thing I know we can deliver on. When mm-hmm. people are showing each other screenshots of other stuff, I don't know what you're going to do with that other stuff. But I do know that we've literally held a training every single Wednesday for the last 83 weeks in a row. So if you want to grab, if you want to grab a hold of me, I don't know, just look me up on Facebook, send me a message, beer home team, Dan beer. If you can't find me on Google and, then I've got a problem. So <laughs> I'd, love to, yeah. I'd love to connect. And if we do talk, by the way, don't, even if you are reaching out for whatever, don't, don't expect the call to be about anything except for the only thing that really matters, which is you and your business. Um, because to me, a lot of the other things you might ask about are solved through improving your core business. That's what makes you the most attractive. Um, if we ever get another time to speak and just as a little bit of a cliffhanger here, I'd love to share back with your audience someday. I think the biggest thing right now though, that I really see people making the mistake of is when they're building their business and they're in that 10, 15, 20, you know, million dollar messy middle range. That's the time to fix your economic structure within your business, because where this industry is going with what Zillow's doing with with what home lights doing with all the referral fees and it, it's where this is going. You have to have the right economic structure because if you don't have enough pennies left over for marketing and for great operations, people for great staff, there's no way that you're going to be able to compete with the teams that are built out with a financial yep. advantage. You just Love it. can't do I it. Agree. Right? And that's something that Sometimes people have to sort of, you know, fix it. It might be scary. You might lose somebody, but it's a lot better to lose somebody when you're at 10 or 15 million than <laughs> when you're at 100. Right? Yep. Like that's, it's better to break it down now. So well, let's get you back on. Yeah. If you guys want to hear Dan again, he'll come on and we could talk a little bit more about commission splits and the right economics going into the uh, next decade. Make sure that we can continue to stay profitable and relative to the, um, uh, all the consumers out there looking for making this next decision, who they're going to buy or sell their house with. And it's going to start getting pretty crazy, I surmise. So Dan, thank you so much again. This was an awesome episode and stay tuned audience for the next awesome guest on the team building podcast.
Yeah.